Praise the Lord. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson, and I'm excited that you've joined us in our Romans teaching, the book of Romans in the Word of God, a very powerful letter written to the church in Rome, but not just to them, to all the children of God who will ever live from that point until now. This is God's Word by the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul to us that we might know how to be saved, that we might learn how to live saved and bear out the fruit of the Holy Spirit and to walk in truth in victory every single day of our lives. Praise be to God. I'm excited. We are. This is our uh, sixth session, as I said, to, to be teaching chapter one, and I just want to jump right in it today. So grab your Bibles and uh, let, let, let the Holy Spirit uh, give you something that you need today as we dig into God's Word. God's Word is truth. And Jesus taught when we know truth, truth will make us free. Well, he was talking about when he said that in John chapter 8 and verse 32, would make us free from sin. So you must always understand that to see God's Word You must see through the blood He shed for you at Calvary or the Word of God will turn into some legality, some philosophy, something other than the literal Word of God that can become life to you. Jesus told the the legalists in His day, those bound under the law, He said, You search the Scriptures, for in them you say you have life. You think you have life, but they are they which testify of Me, He said. But you won't come to me that you might have life. You see, the Word of God is life to the believer because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, but there is no life outside of Christ. So whatever we're believing in the Word of God, we must see it through the eyes we were given at our born-again experience, which was through faith in the blood. Amen. It's not only as we come to Jesus did we receive an understanding, but it's as we keep our faith in Christ, which means what He did for us at Calvary, will we be able to continue to see the truth in God's Word. And God's Word is truth, and until it's believed, received and believed as the truth it is, God cannot effectually work that truth into our hearts and calls us to walk in liberty and freedom. 1 Thessalonians 2 and 13, one of my favorite scriptures today, talks about how uh, Paul writes to them and, and he says, you know, we, 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 we never stop thanking God for you because when you heard the word of God from us, you did not receive it as it is the word from us, from men, but as it is in truth. You received it and believed it as it is in truth. And then God was able to effectually work that truth into your life and and, and bring about the fruit of literally just walking in the truth, which is a man named Jesus and what he did at Calvary. Yes, Genesis to Revelation. It's the Word of God. Jesus is the living Word of God. Before the written Word of God can become living in your heart, it must be seen in the light of and through the revelation of Christ and what He did at Calvary. If you don't see the Scriptures through the cross, as I said earlier, you'll turn it into works instead of being focused on His work. 
Oh, that's good. That's something I surely wished I would have known as a young boy. I didn't learn that till I was in my 40s, mid-40s. I didn't learn that I had to see the Scriptures through the blood of Jesus. Even in the Old Testament, as Aaron would read the law, then they would sprinkle blood on the word they read, the people and everything, because it's without faith in the blood, the written word of God cannot have any effect on you. You see, Christ and His work at Calvary is the truth that enlightens our hearts to salvation and to sanctification by faith. Because we walk by faith, that faith comes by hearing the Word of God, but it must be in the light of Christ and His cross or what God says cannot give us victory. So let's dig right into this today. Romans chapter 1 verse 4 says, And declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Just one thing before we move on from that. In last teaching we brought out where the Holy Spirit declared Jesus Christ to be the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead. Therefore, every man, woman, and child who has their faith in the sac I didn't say had it before, who has, and Jesus taught a daily cross, if any man will come after me, he's going to have to deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. If you want daily bread, my friend, you've got to have faith in the cross of Christ. That's taking up your cross. Amen. So every man, woman, and child who has faith right now, now faith is the substance, hallelujah, has faith right now in the sacrifice, the death of Jesus for their sins and for all the provision they will ever need, the Holy Spirit will declare through your life, through your life, because you're walking in resurrection power. Focus is not you, the focus is Jesus. And the Holy Spirit will declare through your life that Jesus is your Lord. He is the Son of God, your Lord, with power. That's good news. And then Paul goes on to write, by whom we have received grace and apostleship. And we also talked a little bit about that last week. How first grace, then then the, the mission. First the grace is what God did in Christ at the cross and what He wants to do in you now only because of your faith in the cross, that that one and only avenue by grace, the cross, the death of Jesus. Not just an initial entrance, but that daily grace that comes through daily faith in His cross. Hallelujah. Again, let me say it. That's taking up my cross so that my whatever, apostleship, evangelism, uh, teacher, preacher, uh, prophet, uh, administrator in the church, uh, husband, what all that I'm called to do will be by the grace of the living God, the grace of Jesus Christ. And we're told by Peter to grow in that knowledge and that grace. Not some new grace that's being taught, that hyper garbage. No, the grace of Jesus Christ. We're told to grow in that. And let me, as I did last session... Remind us, Hebrews 2 and 9 says that by the grace of God, He tasted death for all men. That is the only avenue by which grace flows into our lives. That's why, again, Jesus taught a daily cross. If we move faith from 
the cross of Christ, the death of Christ, that he died for me. I was crucified with him, buried with him, and raised to newness of life to walk in him. This, If I move my faith from that, even if I don't know that I am, and I move it into things that I now are told I must do to have the provision and the power of God in my life, I quench the Spirit. I block the avenue. My faith is no longer, it was there to be saved, but now it's in what they're telling, these three things. If I'll do these three things, or just one thing, anything, it becomes law. And I block grace, because see, grace refutes law, and law refutes grace. I'm either letting one of them things hold me captive one of them leads me forward in the things of God, grace. One of them sends me back to a place where I'm out of fellowship with God, under law. Hallelujah. So first it comes grace. That means continual flow of grace today after being saved for many years. My faith remains exclusively in the death of Jesus. And grace continues to flow in my life. To be the husband, the father, the pastor, the co-worker, the whatever that you may be, you are required to have grace to experience the will of God in your life. You can't live without grace. You can't move. Now, I thought we lived by faith. Yet faith, true faith, brings grace into your life. But don't forget, grace is not just a poof of something. Grace is God at work. Grace is God doing something in your life by His Spirit. First thing He did was convict you of your sin, offered you the gospel, you believed it, He moved in. He began to live in you. He began to lead you into His righteousness, His kingdom, His truth. Everything is His, praise be to God. And everything that was done for us was done at Calvary. And anything that's being done today by the Lord God Himself, by His Spirit, it's going to be done by Him. You say, well, no, no, we've got to do some things. All we have to do is daily surrender, yield our members to serve righteousness by faith in the death of Jesus, Romans 6, to keep that flow of grace, that allowance for God to work in my life. And I know some people don't believe that you have to allow God to work in your life, but you can stop the hand of God in your life. Not by going back out in the world and starting to cuss and do drugs again. Not that, no. Just simply by moving your faith into something other than the death of Jesus. I did it for years as a pastor. I led people astray. I caused much destruction in families that come and, and that came to me and wanted prayer and the answer of deliverance. And I just laid out for them things they should do to find God's deliverance. And that was only law. Anything somebody tells you you got to do to be saved or sanctified or delivered or have the provision of God flowing in your life, what they're doing is they're putting before you laws. And Romans chapter 7 verse 5 says it's the law that puts sin, the sin nature, in motion. Amen. Most of the church today runs in circles chasing their tail because they think just because they're not back out in the world drinking, cussing, smoking, doing drugs, and sleeping with everybody, that they're right with God. Listen, if your faith is not exclusively in the cross, then you, can't, you have no grace to flow in your life. 
If you have no grace to flow in your life, we see the results of this in Galatians chapter 5, verses 1 through 4, where Paul told the churches there in Galatia, if you, listen, if you go and follow that group of people out there that's telling you, yeah, you got to do, you got to be circumcised to really have a full salvation, you got to be circumcised. He says what happens, you greet it. Galatians 5, 1 through 4, you fall from grace. You've moved to a place where? Where God can't work in your life. And the way he explains it there is Christ can no longer affect you or profit you. It's very important you know these things. Most of the church just runs around in circles chasing their tail thinking God's going to do it and God's going to do it anyway in spite of me. No, God loves you in spite of you, but God can't save you in spite of you. you have, you're saved by grace through faith your belief in Christ and the rest of our salvation, the rest of our Christianity that we're going to live is going to be done in that manner or it's not going to be done. Same way we were saved by grace, the grace Jesus tasted of through death for us. You need to understand that. Without that, it's just us. It's just make-believe. It's religion. It's psychology. It's not real. And we've lived that way as a church for too long. And I pray that our eyes would be opened even more so than ever before. Praise God. There's little storefront churches opening up in all, all over the United States and even overseas now of men and women preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, the truth of the gospel, which is the message of the cross. Did somebody say amen just then? I did. Let me say it for you. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, by whom, talking about this Jesus Christ, the Son of God with power, we have received by Him grace and apostleship. Grace and apostleship. Salvation. A grace that continually flows for whatever gifting here for the Apostle Paul. Apostleship. For you, whatever it is. But it says here it's for obedience to the faith among all nations for His namesake. To show the power of His name. Listen to this. What God has called you to, <coughs> excuse me, what God has called us to as His church is a life of victory and power, a life of representation of Him. A life that will show His name holds power. It's for the glory of His name. To show that His name is not just make-believe. It's not just another name that Hollywood throws in to, to blaspheme God or even a lot of the church today just uses the name of Christ in all sorts of unreal, you know, un, unfaithful ways. But the name of Jesus has power. And He shows the power of that name through those that keep that steady flow of grace coming through their lives for the gifting He's giving them for the edification of the body, the, ex the exhortation of the body, that the body might grow and, 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 and grow up in love. Praise God. So I want us to see this about obedience. We've received grace, the work of God in Christ at the cross, and what He's doing in us today if our faith remains in that avenue, the death of Jesus, the cross, in which this grace flows. Our giftings will work, and they'll be working by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Can I say something to you today that may shock you? But, you know, here's a good example. Once a believer is baptized with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, they can speak in other tongues whether they're out there living in sin now and backslidden from God or not. And a lot of them are, and a lot of them will just speak in tongues, and that makes them feel good about themselves. And that's not repentance, my friend. You've been given a gift of other tongues, and you can do that. You can do that whether it's the Spirit of God moving you to do that or not. Because it's a gift you've received. Mm, Think about that. If you're called to preach, if you're called to do this or that, you can go ahead and keep doing those things even if the Lord is no longer working through you in those things. You see that in Revelation chapter 2, 1 through 5. The church at Ephesus uh, uh, sent a warning by the Lord through the apostle John. He wrote them a letter. Told them, I see what you're doing. You've done this. You've called those that are not apostles. You, you've, you've pronounced that they are not really apostles. You, you've shown them to be false, and that's a good thing. And you've done this, this, and this. And uh, you've, bore, you've been patient. You bore my name. He said, but I got something against you. And it's, and it's something that's so, so much against you that if you don't get this right and repent, I'm going to remove your light. Think about this. I'm going to remove your light. Think about that warning from the, I'm going to remove your light. If we don't have light, we can't live. We, it's a warning. And, and the reason he'd warn them that, that they needed to return to their first love, back to the place where they realized God loved them through what his son did at Calvary, and they begin to love him with that agape love that he gave them to love him with instead of just turning, not being focused on that anymore. Can I tell you, that is the focus, my friend, not your ministry. Grace first. Focus, grace, ministry. Second, grace first, the cross. The world, bef- what? The cross, the, the, what's the song? The world behind us, the cross before us. If grace is not going before us, then that means our, our focus is not on the sacrifice. You were never called into the body of Christ to focus on the cross one time for salvation, but every day for a daily salvation called sanctification. And it's witnessed through obedience to the Word of God. But let me say this. I have to say this today. Most of the church does not, has never heard, does not know what I'm about to share with you that's learned, seen, received, as the truth, if you read Romans chapter 6. Let's just turn over there and do that right now since we're in a Bible study. Romans chapter 6. And I know most Christians today won't even listen to anybody else if it's not their preacher in their church. They're they're not giving any other preacher the time of day. And let me tell you something. If your preacher is not opening the Bible and pointing to Calvary, the focus constantly being the cross, you're not in a church God planted you in because God has not sent that preacher to tell you whatever it is he is telling you. It may sound good and he may be using the Bible, but he's holding God's word in an unrighteous context, Romans 1.18, and the wrath of God is against him. No, not hailstones from heaven, but he's opposing all that that man is doing. Just like the church in Ephesus, we read about again in Revelation chapter 2. They were doing on the outward appearance, they were rocking along there and doing what they'd been called to do. But God doesn't look on everything you're doing. He looks at the heart to see if you are still in the faith or if you've moved away from the faith. 
which is an easy thing to do. I've been there. I've done it. I'm speaking from experience, and that's why we're presenting these broadcasts to the church today to see them find grace, true grace, that, that produces obedience and true holiness. Praise be to God. Watch this now, Romans 6, verse 17. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Now hold on, and, it, and the Bible's going to prove what that form of doctrine was. Are you ready? Verse 18, Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. Mm. Watch this. Let's back up to verse 17 and make sure we're getting this. That form of doctrine was the gospel of Jesus Christ. It was the message of Christ and Him crucified. It was the message of the cross. Don't turn away from those words. Don't start disliking those words. Those are words you need to cling to, my friend. The preaching of Christ and Him crucified. Oh, the message of the cross. Oh, it is the power and the wisdom of God for all of us who believe. Not have believed, but all of us who still believe. Watch this. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin. Lost. But you have obeyed. Look at that. Here's, we're talking about obedience today. You have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. When God saw you believing, He called you obedient. He didn't call you obedient when you went and got water baptized, although that's an obedient act after you've been born again. See, you've already been pronounced by God as obedient upon believing in the message of the cross. That sacrifice afforded you by Christ for the atonement of your sins and all the rest of the provision you'll ever need to live this life of godliness and holiness. Oh, bless the name of Jesus. You became obedient before you ever committed an act of obedience. In God's eyes, you committed the act of obedience by believing in Christ. He, you were called by God. He calls it in the Word, obeying that form of doctrine. Believing in the cross is, a, is a obeying. Is obeying. Not going and doing something to be seen as obedient, but believing something to become obedient. And the moment you believed in Christ and that sacrifice offered you grace because of His obedience. Grace, because of His obedience, now gives you an opportunity by grace to live an obedient life. But it's through Jesus' obedience. It's not through our going and doing works to become obedient. It's We do the works we do according to the Word of God because we've already been declared by God as obedient. Not so we can be obedient. Yes, we do remain obedient by faithfully obeying the Word of the Lord. But if our faith is not in the cross, we're just obeying the written Word of God. But it's not the Holy Spirit producing that obedience in us. That's why it must be grace and the gift at work. At all times, grace and the gift at work for obedience. Watch this now back to Romans chapter 1. For obedience to the faith. 
It didn't just say faith and it didn't say a faith. The faith is the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave Himself for us, Galatians 2.20. There's only one faith that saves. That's the faith of Jesus Christ who loved you and gave Himself for you. There's only one faith that works and it's the same faith that saves. The faith of the Lord Jesus Christ who loved you and gave Himself for you. I hope you're seeing that today. But watch this. Obedience to the faith among all nations everywhere we go for His namesake as a declaration that His name saves. I've called on His name. His name has saved me. I've called on His name today. His name keeps saving me. His name is Yeshua, Jesus. Hallelujah. His name is Jesus. That name means Savior. And He did that at Calvary. I didn't help Him do it. He did it all by Himself. Praise be to God. I hope you're gleaning the truth from God's Word. I pray that you would be hearing what would change your life forever. The Word of God can be the light to the path that you're living if it's in the context of the man who said, I am the light of the world, John 8 and 12. Listen, we read Psalms 119, 105, and we say, O Lord, thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Well, that didn't get you anything, my friend, quoting that. What gets you the, the, the literal experience of the word of God being the lamp to your feet and the light to your path is if you're seeing the scriptures in the light of the man, Jesus Christ, who said, I am the light of the world. This is not our daily bread unless our faith is in the man who said, I am the bread that came from heaven. And the only way we can partake of Jesus and have daily bread, daily grace, is through faith in His cross daily. Take up your cross daily. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Oh, what a teaching this is. We need to be sharing this with our communities, our families, our co-workers, our friends, our relatives. This needs to be shared. These little half-hour teaching sessions that I do twice a week as we roll through the book of... It may take us five years to get through the letter to the Roman church at the rate we're going. But you know what? Every time we meet at this teaching, the Holy Spirit is going to impart truth. And I'll, I'll tell you something today, my friends. While the cross of Christ is the focus, the Holy Spirit is working. And when the Holy Spirit is working, there is fruit to be seen. Not only on the outside, but fruit in us. We're being changed. We're being conformed. We're being used. We're being edified and we're being used to edify. I'm telling you, while Peter preached the truth the gospel of Jesus Christ. While he preached, before he could give an altar call, Cornelius and his whole house were saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other tongues. And when we preach and teach God's Word as it is in truth, the Spirit of truth is moving in the hearts of the people, and lives are being changed, edified, comforted, strengthened, and, and many things are changing. Callings are taking place, direction 
instruction is given, correction is given, redirection is given. Thank God for the word of the Lord in our lives today. The Bible is the most precious commodity you have on the planet. It is the only perfect thing you can hold in your hand. It is without flaw because it is about Jesus, the perfect, without flaw, spotless Lamb of God. Did you get that? Our Savior is so perfect. We'll never be perfect in this life, but there is a perfect Lamb, a perfect Savior who is doing a perfect work in our hearts, and if we will just let Him continue to do that effectual work in us through our believing God's Word as it is in truth, as it is in Christ. Praise be to God. I pray that you have a blessed day. I pray that you have a triumphant day. I pray that the Lord would draw you closer and closer. The Bible says in Jeremiah 31 and 3 that He has called us with His loving kindness. He's drawn us with His loving kindness. But Ephesians 2.13 says He's made us near by the blood. Oh, the call is out there. The drawing is out there with the love of God through what Christ did at Calvary, but the making near to God, the literally being brought near to God is only through the blood of Jesus. Come back to the cross today. Cling to the cross all the days of your life and watch the Spirit of God, the Comforter, the Spirit of Truth. Mm, Who is the truth? Show you victory each and every day. Tune in each week. Share these teachings and avail yourself to all of them at Curtis Hutchinson 316 on YouTube. God bless you.